What's up, my people? It's your boy Ish, and you're listening to the brand new podcast, Loudly Saying It. Like I told you the last time, I want you to come with me on this journey as we talk about life, business, relationships, and all those topics you want to but are afraid to. This is about the black man. It's for you to discuss the things that are going on in your communities and the things that are going on with you as a black man and address them and understand that there are people out there that are willing to discuss these issues with you. And I promise you, I will never ask you to talk about anything that I'm not willing to share with you. So come on along with me as we get into a brand new episode, okay? Let's do this thing. My people, welcome to episode 11, Riding Shotgun. Uh, Let me start off by thanking you for sharing our last episode. If you've not already heard it, go ahead uh, and jump over to iTunes listen to it like it uh, review and subscribe to my itunes page and share it with your friends because the more you share it the more the ratings go up the higher the ratings go up the higher the podcast go on the list uh, in itunes um you can always hit your boy up on ig and uh, you can also jump on the website uh, loudly saying it.com that's l-o-u-d-l-y-s-a-y-i-n-g-i-t.com and just uh, shoot me a message let me know what you're liking what you're not liking what do you want to hear us talk about or what do you want to contribute to the podcast or who you know that could be a great guest for the podcast um today i have my ride or die i have my shotgunner i have my headache sarah is my co-host say hello to the people sarah hello that's all you're gonna say hi guys all right, well, today we'll be talking about the struggles black men face when it comes to relationships. And I promise you guys that I will not ask anything of you that I was not willing to share. So this is me keeping my promise. So now we'll talk about our relationship and the things we've gone through and what we've seen that works for us and what doesn't work for us. And we're going to take it from there, people. Hi, right, guys. So like I said, we're going to go to topic one. And I told her, I said, we're going to be talking about our story. And I don't know if she knows how deep we're going to go, but um, I'm going to start off by asking you. So I want you to tell the people your version of how we met. Like dating or just like in general? Wherever you want to start the story, you just go ahead and start. All right. So um, we met back in school. It's a secondary school, so it's elementary, middle and high school combined but it was when i started the school it was just elementary school and so they had they added the secondary part and they were the class the first class to start to school i forget there was a word i wanted to say but i forgot the word that i wanted to use but anyway um so he was two grades ahead of me and that group the guys were all cute and we were still in fifth grade and we thought they were so hot and they were so cute and so we were doing everything just to get their attention but this dude over here he was super annoying but i mean not annoying in a sense but i thought he was just annoying because all the teachers just loved him They're like oh ganda ganda he was so smart oh have you heard about ishma ganda ishma ganda so that just got to me and i was just super annoyed just at the mention of his name anyway but um so I left and I went to a different school and I lost all 
contact with him. I thought I was over with it was over with just hearing his name. Lo and behold, the school that I went to, um, there was this girl that liked him that was supposedly dating him, so she couldn't have she couldn't um stop talking about this Ishmangan, that Ishmangan. And there I was like, Oh my gosh, I thought I left this dude like behind. Why is his name still following us? And so fast forward, um, I moved here. Was it? 2003? Yes. And so I was talking to one of my cool guy friends. He's like a brother to me. And we were talking a few years after I moved here. And he was like, oh, yeah. um, Do you remember Ishmael Ganda from International? I was like, yeah, what about him? And he was like, oh, he lives, he's in America. He lives here in Georgia with me. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, um, he doesn't live far from me in Augusta. I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, you should um look him up on Facebook. I think he's on Facebook. You should add him. And so I added him, and we just started talking. He was like, oh, long time. How are you, and how is everything? Um, How are you doing, and where I was? He asked me where I was, and I told him I lived, I lived in Virginia at the time. And so, yeah, that's how we met. Oh, yeah, that's how we met. And I just want you guys to take the most important part of the story is was we were really cute guys that she'd always had crush on. So I just want you guys to keep that in your mind as we keep going with this conversation. But from my part, uh, it was just the same guy. He hit me up. He said, yo, you remember Sarah Bio? I said, yeah, I remember her. He said, yeah, she's on Facebook. Look her up. I did. So I was like, okay. Cool. I mean, I wasn't a little girl, the spoiled little girl he thought I was. I mean, I'm not going to comment on that, people, because uh, we live in the same house and I sleep next to her. <laughs> but um, we we reconnected on Facebook. And um, from there on, I started taking trips to Virginia. Never been to Virginia before. I used to just drive through Virginia to Maryland to visit my siblings. And I started making that stop in Virginia. I even drove in the snow through four states to come see this lady. And all I got was, oh, hey, that's you. Welcome. That's the excitement I got, people. I just because want you guys to know. he didn't want to come. So I thought I was forcing him. I felt like he only came because he didn't want to hear my mouth. He didn't do it because he wanted to. No, I was playing that. Oh, no, you know, I'm not going to make it. Then just end up showing up. You know, that surprise thing that you want to do. But I guess he kind of blew up in my face. But... That's our story. That's how we met. And um, we're going to go ahead and talk about our no, next topic. No, you forgot to say uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. you asked me to be your girlfriend. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. I mean, I'm not denying that. It's just, hey, it is what it is. I already knew you knew I was cute. I already knew you were crushing on me hard. So it's just not one him. thing. We just needed to just get to the next level. I was a crushing on him. Oh, yeah, that is true, too. So she wasn't crushing on me then. She didn't want me to I say it. I thought he was annoying. But I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. She was crushing on my best friend. I thought he was annoying. Whatever. Let's go, let's go ahead and go to the next topic, people. Hi, right, guys. So, um, now we're going to go ahead and talk about the trials that we went through. Yeah, the... A backstory was it's funny it's joyous and everything and when we look back we laugh about it and stuff but with every relationship you have the highs and the lows and you have the trial the trial periods and i i titled this 
topic as shooting in the gym because you know the whole thing is hey you weren't with me shooting in the gym when I was going through it um and I say Sarah is my shotgunner because she's been there with me she's gone through the trials with me and um like any relationship out there you go through trials and uh, the struggle most black men face is do you hang on when you're going through those trials or do you admit fault when you uh fault and uh what do you do to reconcile or make up or try to fix whatever it is that's broken in a relationship so that's some of the struggles that us brothers go through and because society has taught us to be manly men which i always stress uh what is a real man we say oh well i'm too manly to admit that i was wrong or to admit that i was a fault or that i did this or i did that and i know some of the things that we went through were pretty intense uh we the first thing that we we had to go through is cheating which was on my part and we separated and um you know it's one of those things you guys separate and then you start stalking the person's uh, social media so i'm not going to say who was stuck in whose social media but let's just say there was social media stalking that was going on and during that time we were not we were not in communication and i don't know what was going on with sarah and i don't think she knew what was going on with me did you about what i mean what was going on while we were separated no no all right why did we separate well we separated because i cheated okay yeah you see you see she's trying to get me to say she thinks i'm not gonna say that's another thing it's being able to admit wrong and since we've moved past that um so i just want to know from your point of view what was going on in your mind like during that time of when when we were apart I mean, um, the only thing I found out about was when you got your letter to go to the Marine Corps um, officer program. I was really proud of you because I knew that's all you wanted. And um, when your sister told me, well, she didn't tell me. She just sent me the picture, and I was super proud. And I was like, well, thank God. At least um, he answered my prayer because that's what he wanted to do. But, I mean, at the same time, it kind of I was kind of like down like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, well. It would have been nice to share this moment with him, but it's not, oh, well, life goes on. But I wish him all the best. And, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and funny you brought that up because when that actually happened, the the first person I wanted to reach out to was to let you know. and But it was also at that moment, it's like, well, yeah, that's not something you want to let somebody know that you've already hurt. So you just kind of kept it to myself. I didn't even tell... My sister is just, she saw it on my, so, I believe she saw it on my social media, right? Uh, that she shared I think it. you sent the picture oh, to them. I sent the picture, well, I may, I may have sent the picture or something, but I don't recall, but it was just one of those moments. So you, and you know, it, it's all about pride at that point where you know this was somebody that knew exactly what you were working on and it was there praying for you to get to the next level. So when something like that happens and the relationship uh, crumbles, it's you know you want to go back and celebrate with that person, but just because of what has been done or what has happened, you tend to just say, oh, oh well, I guess 
it is what it is. Um, but let's go to a little bit more happier place, which was the rekindling of the torch. So we reconnected again. Um, I think I came up what, like for the weekend. Now, I think I, fl I flew in. Of course, I knew I was going to see you. So, of course, you know, your boy had to show out. I, I, I flew in with, with my gray suit and everything, feeling fly because I know she liked the suit. And what? Well, what? You look like you, you look like you have something to say. I didn't about even it. know he was coming. Um, so I was at my brother's house in Laurel, and we were getting ready to leave because I was with Edney, um, his nephew, to go back home because we lived in Bowie, and so his sister sent me a text. Hey, um, Ruben is here. I was supposed to pick him up, but I'm cut up with something in Alexandria and I can't make it. Can you go get him? First thing was. What the hell? Like, okay, why are you asking me to do that? I, it's not my business. Um, I've moved on, so sounds like a personal problem to me. And she was like, no, please, oh, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, fine, I'll go. And so I showed up, picked him up, didn't say anything. The whole ride from BWI to Bowie, which was about 30 minutes. About 30, 35 minutes. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. And it was around um eleven thirty at night. Didn't say a word. We got home and I went upstairs and I went to my room and I locked the door and I went to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not how I remember the, the okay. story, but uh we're just gonna go with that. All I know was your boy was looking fly, your boy was just sitting in the car. Well first uh, when my sister told me like, yo, Sarah's picking you up, I was like, Oh crap. But then I was like, Hey, I'm already here. I know why I'm here. So if I'm here to fix this, then I'm I'm just going to man up and just roll with it and see what happens. And I didn't even know he was coming. Yeah, I know. That's true. But we we went through that. So while, during that time, we had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of insecurities and lack of trust and things that we had to kind of iron out. So we had a talk about different things and there was always this back and forth back and forth it's like what well, you're saying this but i'm not seeing the action and all that stuff which is another thing guys if you're saying you're doing something you need to really act on it you need to execute if you guys have been watching am talks i've talked about it you need to execute if you need somebody to motivate you on that you need to look up uh, et the the hip-hop preacher find him on instagram find him on youtube he's going to teach you how to execute you can't just keep saying, I'm doing this, and you're not executing on that. And I know Sarah and I go back and forth a lot on that because sometimes I say, okay, I'll get this done. And Sarah's all about it. When you say you're going to get it done today, she expects it to be done within the next hour or two. I'm the kind of person when I say I'm going to get it done, it means I'm going to get it done. I have 24 hours to get it done. So that's where we sometimes have our struggles but um, let's go ahead and talk about building a stronger foundation. So after that, that whole phase, we talked about the things that we wanted to take with us forward, like carry forward as far as with the relationship, the how we wanted to build our foundation. Like I told you guys in the AM Talk videos, you need to check those out. You need to build your house. So we decided that the house which we were building we needed some core values. We needed to be honest with one another. What is another foundation that you wanted us to have? 
Besides. Besides honesty. Communicate. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Um, our spiritual life. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. That should be our foundation. God should be the center of it all. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be all churchy, but. No, yeah. it's, it's okay. It's okay. People understand. And that was one thing. And for those of you who know me, you know, I started out. Well, I was raised in a country in a house where I went to mosque on Fridays. Yeah, my dad too. And I went to church on Sundays. So my grandma's house uh, was actually shared a wall with a mosque and shared a wall with a church. So it's one of those when they say it's a split family, it's really, really split. Yeah, my dad is Muslim, prayed five times a day, performed um, pilgrimage. So he was a laji and my mom was full fledged Christian. Yeah. So we're from uh, backgrounds where there wasn't that you're either Christian or you're either Muslim. So. When I came to the United States and studied science and everything, and I was like, ah, you know what? I'm a scientist. I got to see facts before I actually deal with religion. So I pushed religion aside for a bit and then eventually got back to it and said, okay, well, I'm just going to go the Christian route instead of being this split identity. I mean, I did study a lot of religions in uh, college during humanities, which was always interesting to me because he helped me learn more about other cultures. But that was one thing I really had to work on on my end when it comes to being uh, strong spiritually. And uh, I ended up moving to Maryland. Why'd you move? How did, yeah, tell them how that whole thing went down. All right, so this is what happened. When, well, for years, Sarah and my siblings have been telling me, well, you need to move to Maryland. You're the only one that lives in Georgia and all that stuff. And I kept saying, nah, Maryland, I just like to go visit Maryland. I don't really want to stay in Maryland. So after we rekindled our relationship and everything and started over, I was like, well, that was something I started thinking about saying, well, if this is going to work, I want to move to, I want to move closer. Because I told him I wasn't going to do long distance anymore. It was over. It. Yeah, she said it, but it was later on. It wasn't because she said it. It was something I was already thinking. And even when she said it, I was like, okay, bet, I hear you. And what happened was that it was just the right time as well. With I went through all these things I was going through at work, and I'm telling them, like, all right, this is what I expect. And, you know, nobody takes you serious until you actually tell them you're leaving. And when I told my job, hey, I'm leaving, I'm moving, that's when they wanted to offer me what I was asking for. So, actually, when I moved, Sarah and my... We didn't even believe it. Yeah, and my siblings, they didn't even believe because I just got everything that I could uh, get and just dumped it all up in my truck. And I drove the ten, like about nine hours up to Maryland from Augusta. And I told them, I said, hey, I'm here. And they go like, what do you mean you're here? You're here for like the week? I was like, no, I'm here. Like, I'm here. I moved. I was like, no, you, you can't just move like that. What about just your place? I was like, well, I have somebody that's in there right now. We're going to be paying the rent and all that stuff, but eventually I'm going to move everything up. And I think I don't think you believe me until I actually drove the truck down and loaded everything up in that 22-footer and then drove that back up. That's when, they, when I brought everything that I had in Georgia was in that truck, and that's when they really believed that, yeah, this dude actually moved. Yep. And even in Georgia, a lot of people didn't even know that I moved. They would hit me up and say, hey, you're home? I'm like, yeah, I'm home. I said, I bet we're coming over. I was like, well, it's going to take you eight hours to, to come home and, and see me. 
He said, what are you talking about? I said, because I moved to Maryland. And a lot of people were shocked. It's like, oh, wow, you just get up and do? I was like, yeah, and that's how I am sometimes. It's when I say I'm going to do something, I might drag, but then one day it's just boom and it's done. And um, so we build that relationship, build a stronger foundation. And then we had the first baby, Ami or MP, as he, uh, everybody calls him. And then, uh, M- so Amir is named after his grandmother, whose name is Amira. And we just named him Amir, which means prince. And uh, king, I think. I don't prince, he means prince. I'm the king. I'm sorry. Yeah, he means prince. So MP is fun. He's now three years old. And then his brother was born four days before his birthday. And his brother is Elijah. Elijah is seven months old. So, um, Everybody tell me that the babies are cute. I say, yeah, I know, because they look like me. And uh, I know Sarah gets that a lot, that hair. Oh, my God, they look so much like their dad. And it's it's something she has to live with. She understands uh, that's just how it is. They look like me because, you know, she, as she said in the beginning, I'm cute and all that stuff, so my babies are cute. Uh, so, question for you. I want you to tell me, what is what it was like having a, a child like for the first time having a baby not going through the process like knowing that yeah wow i'm a mother now i saw it still feels surreal sometimes i just look at them like can't believe i made these babies i i don't know i'm still just like I, it feels like a dream to me i know it sounds weird but i still can't believe it i i don't know all right well uh, the reason why I asked her because I already had two sons uh, before we we got married and uh, had the other two, so it's and also it getting it from a woman's perspective is a lot different from getting it from a guy because you don't really go through the pains and struggle. Which brothers, you guys got to understand that for a woman to carry a child for you for nine months and then birth that child and for you to just not support or not show any care that's that's a lot man yeah, that's a lot and i'm not saying for those who are in these strange custody uh, custody battles or yeah situationships or if you you have a, a baby mama or quote unquote a crazy baby daddy or a crazy baby mama and you guys are fighting each other as much as you guys are going to be fighting each other so there's somebody being affected and that's the that's the kid so if you can work things out, figure out a way to be present in your child's life. I love my father. Um, I got to interact with him more as a teenager, but when I was younger, he wasn't there. And that's not through any fault of his. It was just how the situation was being raised by my mother's uh, sister, who I love dearly. She loved me unconditionally and never separated me from her kids. Whereas just, you know, as a kid growing up, you still always question, where's my dad? Where's my mom? And my mom was over here living in the United States. And my dad was living in Sierra Leone with us, but I never really got to interact with him. And all I knew was things I heard from other people. Oh, your dad is such a cool dude. Your dad helped me in college. Your dad took care of me. Your dad this, your dad that. And I'm like, well, if he's so cool, if he's so awesome, how come I don't know this dude? But then when I got to meet him, which I was privileged to meet him, I like it was just we understood each other. 
I don't know if it's just because the, of the DNA we shared. We understood each other. So it's, it was one of those things where I made a promise to myself that I would try to always be in my kids' lives and try to be the presence in, in their life you know, as much as I can. Because sometimes situations happen, things happen that you have to do with another person. But another question for you, Sarah. So we've been through a little thing and all that stuff, all our issues that we had, we went through, got married. We're celebrating our fourth year anniversary in a few, in a few days. Oh, well, more like what? Two weeks or so? On a, yeah, On the 20th, 20, December 20. 20. So three weeks, maybe. Three weeks. All right. I just want to know what does real love mean to you now? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to put into words. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what I think real love means to me now. Before, real love was one of those things where oh, it's just on yeah, uh, social, social media, what you see on movies, uh, when when you're walking together and then you're holding hands and it just starts raining. And for some uh, some reason, somewhere, like there's this uh, love music in the background just playing just at the right time for you guys to dance in the rain. No, that is movie love. Now, what I think real love is, is going through all the grime, going through all the dirt and sticking with it is through all the processes of everything you're going through is saying, like, regardless of everything that's going on, I'm choosing you at every point. And um, it took me a while to get to that point. But once I got there, it, it felt natural to it's just say, it's like, regardless of what is going on, I'm choosing this person. So for me, that's what real love is. Before you woke folks come, um, I know some people are against the whole cheating, not getting back to, hey, do whatever works for you. Um, that's you. But sometimes you have to look at the, if the good things outweigh, or outweigh the bad things, I mean, why throw away something for just cheating? Because before that, um, we started, wouldn't we start dating again? A long time ago. Yes. Yeah. So we, we had invested a lot of time, sweat, tears, effort into this relationship. And mileage. Don't forget mileage. That on, should be just a little price you pay. Yeah. That's on, a small price on you my paid part. For that. Mileage on my part. So, okay. It's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like a eight hour drive from Augusta to Maryland. He didn't want me flying down there because he was doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing. That's all speculation. That people. is not. That is true. Anyways, we're going to go on and jump on to our next topic. <laughs> All right, folks. So we're at our last topic. And this one I labeled, it takes a village. Now, when you're in a relationship, it's not just you two. It's also the people you have around you. Now, you got to understand that for your relationship to grow on different levels, on spiritual level, financial, or any other level, you, got, you need to have strong uh, people around you to help you guys grow. So that's why having truly loyal friends help build stronger relationships. 
because when it comes to your religious or your spiritual uh, relationship with one another and with uh, with God or whoever your creator or being or the Whatever higher being you that you in. that you believe in, you need to have people around you that will encourage the both of you to pursue that. And for us, we found that in our church where we had strong people around us who believed in us, who prayed for us, who we can always turn to. Who rooted for us. Yeah, they were rooting for us because when we were going through our little arguments here and there, even though we passed the, the big huddle, we still had the little bumps that we're going through. They were like pulling us aside and saying, hey, this is not what you guys separating or you guys saying this to each other. It's just so help us understand that we needed to work on the relationship instead of just saying, well, I'm not fighting for it anymore. And also having friends who you can, you Want can lean on. the best on. for you. Yeah, who you can lean on. So one of my friends I always leaned on was Will. And I Will is going to be on the podcast too. We have a different topic we'll be talking about. But whenever something was trying, I, I reach out to him and I say, yo, bro, this is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. This is what's happening. And he will always give me his, his advice and and he will never sugarcoat anything. And I just want to know, did you have somebody you were, you were reaching out to? Yeah, I have a few. Um, the main one was Courtney. Um, I, w- I would always reach out to her because she's the type of friend. She doesn't tell you what you want to hear. She tells you the truth. Like, whether you like it or not, she'll tell you. So if you're not ready for the truth, don't ask her for her opinion. So No, no yeah. Uh, uh, Courtney's awesome, so... If you guys see me posting about my rum cake, yeah, that's the Courtney I've been talking about. I always makes the best rum cakes, bar none. Um, so how has being married uh, changed for you, knowing that we have people that are rooting for us? How does- so would you, would you think your marriage is a lot different now, knowing that you have this support than before when we we're like just starting out kind of guess uh just thinking whether we have the support or not um we've always had the support i had no doubt um because when we were planning on getting back together i talked to a few people just to get their opinions because they knew the whole story they were on the outside looking in um people that i trusted that i trust their i trusted their opinions and still trust their opinions and they've never led me astray when it comes to like giving advice um, so they were always there from the get-go, and when I told them what we wanted to do, they asked me if that's really what we wanted to do. We Do we really want to do it? Well, for me, do I really want to do that? If that's something good for me, then they're, they will be support, supporting me 100%. I mean, either way, they're still going to be there supporting me, so yeah. Yeah, definitely, and that was the same thing for me too. So um, one question I have for you, so how have the marriages around you influence your marriage um i grew up in a two-parent household my parents were married for 34 years before my dad passed away so um i've always wanted to when i grow up um raise my kids in a two-parent household not just because that's the norm because that's what i wanted to do i wanted them 
what I'm wanting them to see what love is, not just going by the motion of it. Um, for most of you who are Africans, know, growing up in a two-parent household in Africa, you know your parents love each other, but they don't show it like physically, but you know the love is it. But I didn't want that. I wanted my kids to know that, hey, you can love somebody um, and still show them and be an example to them and not for them not to just guess like, well, I guess my parents love each other. So, uh, yeah, no. Well, for me, I didn't grow up in a two-parent household. And if you guys just heard that, that's MP came downstairs while we were recording. He was talking about something bald, but I had to send him upstairs. So he's a little upset. But once I'm done, I'm going to go, you know, make up make up with him and just kind of see whatever it is he was trying to say. But anyways, I didn't grow up with my parents when I was growing up. Um, like I said, my aunt raised me, my mom's older sister. She raised me and she was a single parent as well. So she was never married. And... In my family, the only person that was married was one of our aunts who was married. And that's the only person we knew that was married. Everybody else either had been divorced or was just never married. So me and my siblings have always been in that situation where we always thought, well, yeah, we're never going to get married. And eventually it got to a point where I started telling myself, well, I don't want what happened to me when I was growing up to happen to my kids. If I ever have kids, I don't want that to happen to them. I don't want them to be in a situation where their father is never there or their mother is never there and they're being raised by somebody else and they never get to see what it is to be truly in love with somebody or to share your life with somebody. So I made it a point to once I fixed my my uh, wrong ways was to always show them that this is what it should be when a father loves his kids and when a father loves his wife and when your parents are together and they love you and they're trying to do what's best for you guys. And I believe that not having those marriages around me actually helped me become better or want to be better in my marriage. It's a section where I usually ask my co-hosts or my guests to say something out loud. Um, Sarah, I really enjoyed doing this episode with you. But before we sign off, as a mother of young black men, what is one issue that is affecting black men that you want to say out loud? And how are you addressing or trying to change that issue in your everyday life? Police violence. That scares me. It gives me anxiety. Um, my kids are very young. Well, Junior is a teenager. I try to tell them to respect authority. Um, you don't always have to prove yourself. Sometimes it's better to just walk away. Or I hate when people say, oh, oh, he was trying to disrespect me. Forget that. Um, your life is worth more than proving yourself or proving that you're worth respect. Just learn to um, walk away and not always be the one to have the last say, you know? No, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. And That's... then I always tell them to pray. Whenever you leave the house, pray so that you go wherever you're going safely and come back home safely. Yeah, that's some, definitely something that I think a lot of parents, especially mothers, 
of black boys are facing and their fear all the time is police violence and uh it's it's out there people i know a lot of people trying to say oh it's not it doesn't exist it's just the way you interact not it's out there it's happening we need to face it we need to address it if you're out there and you know it's going on do something about it what are you doing i want you guys to reach out send dms uh leave comments on the website or send an email send a text or whatever it is let me know what you're doing what are the organizations that are out there that you know about that other people should know about? Just go ahead and let us know. Share those inf- that information so we can share with uh, the listeners. Because that's definitely something I worry about all the time as well. And also me being a black man driving out in the streets. Every time I see a cop car, I need to make sure one, I'm within speed limit. I say, okay, well, is this dude uh, trailing me or what? Because I actually have a story where... A friend of us, me and a friend of mine were driving to Florida and this cop was right behind us, trailed us for about 10 miles. And eventually, because we were not speeding, we are not doing anything, eventually turned on his lights and pulled us over and told us that the frame around a tag, which, mind you, he had a Maryland tag. And we were in, like in, I forgot, it was somewhere, it was Ryan County or something, Georgia. He said, well, having that frame around your tag is illegal in that county. And we looked at him like, well, he doesn't live in this county. He's driving through this county to head to Florida. How does that concern him? He's like, so we got pulled aside. Next thing you know, like, bye. Sift to the car and all that stuff, trying to look for something, which fortunately there was nothing in the car for them to find. And once they were done, I guess they were satisfied with us just sitting on the side. And then they got up and left. Just like that. No explanation, nothing. Just because we were two black men in a car driving uh, on the highway. That's what happened. Now, that could have gone left real fast had we tried to like be argumentative with them and say, well, you're not going to search the car, whatever. It could have gone left real fast. Maybe it would have been on the news to say, oh, two black guys got shot because they were resisting whatever arrest, it is, arrest or whatever it is. So... We're going to go ahead and, and delve into that in a later ta- in a later podcast episode. But um, I appreciate you letting the, the kids know about it and also making sure you're praying for them. And I do that as well. You have to but, pray for and with them. Exactly. Praying for and with them, people. That's key. Anyways, I loved having you on the podcast. I hope I didn't scare you away that maybe in future episodes you join me again as a co-host, right? Right. All right, well... Guys, that's all. I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening to us and for giving us the opportunity to share our story. I would love for you to share your story with me. Let me know how you guys got in your relationship, the struggles you guys are going through, how you guys overcame those huddles. Or if you're still going through those struggles, hit me up. I got some AM Talk videos I can send your way that might help you get over those hurdles. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Well, folks. That's all for this episode. I hope you guys got something out of this message. I really appreciate you joining Sarah and myself as we discuss our relationship and share with you some of the struggles we went through and how we overcame those. I hope you pick out something from this message. If you did, like it on iTunes, review it, subscribe, share with your friends. Let me know on Instagram. Send me a DM. Send me a DM on Twitter. If you're not following me already, My Instagram is Mr. Gander. That's M-R underscore G-A-N-D-A. 
My Twitter is Mr. Gander as well. It's MR underscore underscore G-A-N-D-A. Get on the website, loudlysayingit.com. Send me a message on WhatsApp. If you go on the website, you click send a message, you'll send me a message on WhatsApp. Let's chat. Let's have a conversation, people. I want to know how you feel. If you're vibing with this, if you're not vibing with it, I want to know either way. If you're following AM Talks, let me know how you're feeling about that. I'm excited about next episode. It's going to be a surprise for you guys. It's going to be talking about friendship. So, you guys out there with your friends, I want you guys to be ready for it. I'm excited about it. I have some friends coming on. We're going to chat and talk about what it means to have true friendship, guys. Thank you again for listening. Have a blessed day. Fall is a season of gathering that brings us together with warmth and color. So whether it's a birthday, anniversary, or a special event, celebrate your friends and family with a gorgeous bouquet from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers makes it easy to find your reason and brighten someone's day with exclusive offers and great values on bouquets and arrangements. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in.